Well, please take your Bibles and turn with me at this time to the Gospel of Matthew. We're in Matthew chapter 20 this morning in verses 1 through 16. Our message series is called Jesus the Master Teacher. We just have a few of these left. I've got three weeks left in the series. And uh, we've been looking at a series of Jesus' teachings as found in Matthew chapters 18 through 20. And uh, today we come to the parable of the workers in the vineyard. This is a great little parable. And uh, we're going to have some fun with this today. And, you know, Jesus tells this parable in response to something that Jesus said that we looked at last week in the previous passage. Remember good old foot in the mouth Peter? Remember what he said last week? He said, Jesus, we left everything for you. So what do we get? Right? What do we get? What have we got coming for us? And, and Jesus responded to him in two ways. First, he encourages Peter by saying, Peter, don't worry about what you're going to get. You're going to get so much more than what you left behind. So a word of encouragement, but then there's also a word of correction. Because Jesus ended things last week by telling Peter, he said, But, remember this, Peter, the first will be last, and the last will be first. And then as we move into chapter 20, he shares this parable now. And this parable really is just one big illustration of what Jesus meant when he said to Peter, the first will be last and the last will be first. We're going to be looking at the whole parable this morning, uh, but I'm just going to read verses 1 and 2 for us as we get started today. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire men to work in his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. This is God's word. Let us pray. Well, dear Lord, as we uh, look into your word this morning, as we look at this parable, Lord, I pray that you would teach us things that uh, we just haven't thought of before. Help us to see things in a new light. And uh, Lord, help us to uh, learn not to put our foot in our mouth like Peter did, looking for what do we get, Lord. We thank you for all that you've given. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Begin this morning with the question, how do you view God? How do you view God? It's a really important question because how you view God has a huge impact on how you relate to Him. For example, if you view God as strict, temperamental, stingy, then you're probably not going to have a very close relationship with him, right? You'll be hesitant to approach him. You'll probably only go to him when you feel like you have no choice. But if you view God as loving, kind, and generous, then you probably will have a close relationship with him. You will speak with him often, sharing your thoughts, sharing your needs freely with him throughout the day. In the parable that we're looking at today, Jesus teaches us three beautiful truths about God. Three beautiful truths about God. One, God is perfectly just. Two, God is wonderfully merciful. And three, God is incredibly gracious. And so as we uh, go through this parable together today, I want us to reflect on these three attributes of God, and I pray that we will learn to think good thoughts about God, that we will learn to think right thoughts about God. Our God is a generous God. And when we think right thoughts about Him, we will be drawn to Him 
and we will grow in our relationship with him. So we're going to look at these three attributes together through the lens of this parable. There's an outline in your worship guide this morning. I encourage you to take that out to follow along in these points and others and uh, the various scriptures we'll be looking at. First of all, God is perfectly just. Perfectly just. Look at verses 1 and 5 now uh, where Jesus begins the parable. Jesus said, For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire men to work in his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About the third hour, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go and work in my vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour and did the same thing. So in this parable, we have a landowner who goes out to hire workers for his vineyard. Uh, You know, the the parallels here are easy to see, aren't they? The landowner clearly represents God. The workers represent people whom God invites into his kingdom. And the typical work work day in those days was 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., 12-hour workday, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. So the landowner goes out early. That's why he goes out early. He's got to get these guys at 6 a.m. to find the workers. These would be day laborers. You know, they don't have a regular job, but each day they go out looking for work, to earn money, to to bring home, to feed themselves and their families. And the landowner agrees to pay them a denarius for the day. And then he sends them into his vineyard. A denarius was equal to a day's wages. So this was the actual fair price uh, for a day's work. Then we see he continues to go out and he finds other workers during the day and he doesn't promise them a denarius, right? They're not working a full day. He says, I'll pay you what's right. Yeah, they wouldn't expect a full denarius for just part of a day. He says, I'll treat you fairly though. I'll pay you whatever is right for the work that you do. And so this first part of the parable focuses on God's justice. God's justice. And one of the beautiful things about God, one of the beautiful things about God's character is that he is perfectly just. He is perfectly just. You know, the Bible has so much to say about God's justice, but I want us just to focus on two aspects of God's justice this morning. First of all, that God does not punish anyone more than they deserve. And secondly, that God does not reward anyone less than they deserve. Let's look at those two aspects of God's justice. First of all, God does not punish anyone more than they deserve. We read about this aspect of God's justice in uh, the book of Romans, in the New Testament, chapter 2, where Paul writes this, verses 5 through 8. He writes to us, he says, But because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, speaking to those who have not repented, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath when his righteous judgment will be revealed. God will give to each person according to what he has done. To those who by persistence in doing good seek glory, honor, and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. Have you ever been punished for something you didn't do? I'm sure that's all happened. I see some heads nodding out there. Yep, that's happened to me. Or perhaps you received a greater punishment than you deserved 
for something you did do. It's like, yeah, I did it, but that punishment was way over the top. I want you to know something this morning, okay? God will never do that to you. Never. Life is not always fair, okay? But God is just. And he does not punish anyone more than they deserve. Also, God does not reward anyone less than they deserve. It's part of his justice. We read this. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10 says, God is not unjust, right? He is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. Every good thing that you have done for God, every good thing you do for God, God remembers. And he will make sure that every good deed receives its just reward. And so God is perfectly just, and people, that is good news, isn't it, right? You know, sometimes our human judges get it wrong. We need to pass the case up to a higher court. But you know what? Sometimes even the Supreme Court gets it wrong, right? But you know what? There is a higher court in heaven, which one day will overrule every bad decision made here on earth. God is judge of all the world. He is perfectly just. And that means one day, perfect justice will prevail. Praise God. Praise God. What a wonderful aspect of who God is. But you know what? It gets even better. Because God is not only perfectly just, he is also wonderfully merciful. Because follow me here now, okay? Yeah, a world of perfect justice. That sounds great, doesn't it? Until, until you find yourself on the wrong side of the law. All of a sudden, you're not so much thrilled about perfect justice anymore, right? Because now it's going to come down on you. And this is where God's mercy comes in. Yes, God is perfectly just, but praise God, he is also wonderfully merciful. And we see this in the next part of the parable. This is the part that focuses on God's mercy. Verses 6 and 7 now. We read this about the landowner. About the 11th hour, he went out and found still others standing around. And he asked them, why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. And he said to them, you also go work in my vineyard. So it's about the 11th hour. It's a 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. workday. It's 5 p.m. Workday's almost over. And this landowner still goes out looking for people. He finds these guys standing around. And they, you know what? They really can't do a whole lot for him just in one hour. He knows that. But he has mercy on them. And he hires them anyways. Once again, the Bible has so much to say about God's mercy. We're going to just focus on two aspects of God's mercy this morning. Number one, that God takes account of our humble estate. And number two, that God does not treat us as our sins deserve. First, God takes account of our humble estate. We read from Psalm 103 earlier this morning. Let me read verses 13 and 14 again. It says, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed, He remembers that we are dust. You know, Father doesn't throw adult responsibilities on his kids. He knows they're little. He knows what they can handle. He has compassion on them. God knows us. 
He knows our frame. He knows that we're but dust. See, it's not that the landowner needed more workers at this point, right? No, it's that he saw that the workers needed the work. They've been waiting all day for an opportunity. They were going to go back to their families empty-handed. The landowner took note of their humble estate. He had mercy on them. He invited them to come work in his vineyard, even just for that one final hour. I had a couple of years where I worked a commission-only job. And I remember some of those days. Rosie remembers them too, working a 12-hour shift and coming home. How'd we do today, honey? Nothing. (laughs) Nothing. Zero-dollar day, 12 hours, nothing to show for it. No fun at all, right? Of course, it all balances out in the end. And in those types of jobs, the good days more than make up for the bad days. But those days when you're coming back with nothing to show for, those are really hard days, right? The landowner looked at these poor workers. He had mercy on them. And in the same way, God looks at us. And he has mercy on us. God knows your needs. God knows your limitations. He knows your situation. He knows all that you're going through. And he cares for you. He cares about you. God takes account of our humble estate. And then here's the truly beautiful part of God's mercy. He does not treat us as our sins deserve. We read that from Psalm 103 earlier too, right? Verse 10. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. Now compare this to our first point, right? God in his justice, right? God in his justice does not punish anyone more than they deserve, right? That's God's justice. But God in his mercy treats us less than our sins deserve. In his justice, he does not treat us more, punish us more than we deserve. In his mercy, he treats us less than our sins deserve. You might wonder, well, how can God do that? If God treats us less than our sins deserve, does that mean he is no longer just? And the answer is found in what God did for us through Jesus at the cross. God sent Jesus. Why? Because he had mercy on us. What did Jesus do? He died on the cross to fulfill God's justice. We read all about this in Romans chapter 3, verses 25 and 26. Two very important verses. It says this, God presented him, God presented Jesus as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. That's God's mercy he sent his son for us. He did this, why? To demonstrate his justice. Because in his forbearance he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his justice at the present time. So as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. And so God is both merciful and just because the penalty for our sins does not go unpaid. Jesus paid the price for us. He paid the full penalty for our sins on the cross. And so perfect justice and wonderful mercy meet together at the cross where Jesus paid the price for our sins so that we would not have to. So the first part of the parable focuses on God's justice, a beautiful aspect of God's character. The second part focuses on God's mercy, another beautiful 
aspect of God's character. And now we come to the best part, the final part, which focuses on God's grace. God's grace. Look at verses 8 through 16 with me now as we uh, read through the, the, the remaining verses in the parable. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. So the workers who were hired about the eleventh hour came and each received a denarius. So when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each one of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These men who were hired last worked only one hour, they said. And you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, Friend, I'm not being unfair to you. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the man who has hired the last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. So the day's over. Landowner tells the foreman, pay the workers. He says, do it in reverse order. You know, pay the last ones hired first, then work your way backward, and then uh, pay those who were hired first, pay them last. And the big surprise here is that the workers had only worked one hour, right? One hour, they each received a denarius. They received a full day's pay for only one hour's work. The landowner was gracious to them. And apparently he did the same for those who were hired midday, but he just jumps right ahead to the, the ones who had hired first when they came to get their wages. They're saying, boy, people worked one hour, they got a denarius. The people only worked part of a day, denarius. They expected to get more, right? Wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, if we're honest with ourselves, we probably would expect to get more too. But they also received one denarius each, which, by the way, is exactly what the landowner had agreed to give them. So I want to talk together about God's grace now with our time remaining. God's grace. And I want to share with you three things about God's grace. First of all, understand this. God is not unfair to you when he is generous to someone else. Okay? That's something we've got to learn because I think all of us said, hey, we would have expected to get more. God is not unfair to you when he is generous to someone else. Notice that God did not give the later workers more than the earlier workers, although I suppose he could have if he wanted to. Notice that God did not give the earlier workers less than he had promised them. Everyone got the same. God was perfectly fair, perfectly just with the earlier workers, and he was incredibly gracious or generous with the later workers. You know, those, those first workers, instead of rejoicing with the later workers in their good fortune, they got envious, right? They began to feel that somehow they deserved more. 
And instead of being grateful for their pay, grateful for a day's work and pay to bring back to their family, they're ticked off at the landowner, right? And they basically say, hey, we did 12 times as much work as them. We worked longer and harder during the heat of the day. And you're going to pay them the same as you pay us? Notice how the landowner responds to them. First, he reminds them that he's not being unfair to them, right? They agreed to work for a denarius. He paid them a denarius. Then he says this. He says, I want to give the man who is hired last the same as I gave you. Folks, what a beautiful description of God's character right there. Listen to these words. What does God say? I want to give. That's who God is. He is a giving God. He is a generous God, a God who wants to give. And this landowner, he was incredibly gracious. He wanted all of the workers to bring back a living wage to their families, whether they'd worked a full day or not. And then he asked the first workers two questions. He says, don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? Answer the first question. Of course he has the right to do what he wants with his money. It's his money. And what does he want? He wants to be generous. He wants to give. The only problem here in this whole scenario, the only problem here is that the first workers are envious. And in the original language, this expression here is especially vivid. The landowner asks him, he says, or is your eye evil? Because I'm generous. So yeah, the old evil eye, right? You know, you say, you, you, ask yourself the question, do you ever look bad at someone because God is generous to them? Do you ever think or say something like, Lord, why is that person doing so well? They don't deserve your blessing. And you do, right? So we read this, Matthew 5, 45. Jesus said this about God. He said, he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Now, the sun and the rain here both represent good things. You need sun. You need rain. And you might think that God only does good things for those who deserve it, but God does good things for everyone, for both the righteous and the unrighteous, for both the evil and the good. Why? Because he is a God of grace, and he is incredibly generous. He is incredibly gracious. The first workers complained to the landowner. They said, you made them equal to us. That's right. We are all equal in God's kingdom. Equally sinners, equally loved, equally redeemed. So that's the first thing we learn about God's grace from this part of the parable. God is not unfair to you when he is generous to someone else. Second thing is this. God rewards us far more than we deserve. Now remember what we said about God's justice again, right? God never rewards anyone less than they deserve. You see, God is not just just. He is gracious. And God's grace takes it a step further. God does not reward us less than we deserve. Instead, God rewards us more than we deserve. We saw this last week when Jesus told his disciples, remember Peter said, what do we get? What do we get? Matthew 19, 29, Jesus said, everyone 
who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. God rewards us far more than we deserve. Aren't you glad God is more than just? Aren't you glad that God is generous? Aren't you glad that God is not like a landowner who counts out each hour of each laborer and then he meticulously counts it out and divides up the pay exactly according to the hours they work. You there, how many hours did you work? Nine hours? Okay, you get three, three quarters of a denarius. You worked six hours, half a day? Okay, you get half a denarius. You worked 2.3 hours, you get 0.1917th of a denarius. Yeah, I, I worked out the math for you. No, God is generous. God doesn't limit himself. He pours out his grace and his gifts upon us every day. He is a God who says, I want to give. I want to give. Our God is a generous God. Think good thoughts of God. And then the final thing I want to share with you about grace this morning is this, is that God graciously saves those who put their faith in Jesus Christ. God graciously saves those who put their faith in his Son. We read in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. This not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. You know, people continue to believe the lie that if you live a good life and do enough good things that you will go to heaven when you die. But the Bible tells us salvation is not by works, but by faith in Jesus. You know, in the parable, those, those earlier workers, the ones who got there first, what were they doing? They were boasting in their works. They said, hey, look at us. Look what we did. We bore the burden of the work in the heat of the day. Pay up. You see, that's the problem. Those who trust in their works will receive only God's justice. Say that again. Those who trust in their own works will receive only God's justice. justice. They have cut themselves off from God's mercy and grace. Hey, if you want justice, you'll get justice. Don't recommend it. (laughs) On the wrong side of the law. You want justice, you'll get justice. But if you want mercy and grace, then you need to put your faith in Jesus. We can also apply this to heaven and eternal rewards. On the one hand, we all receive differing rewards in heaven depending on what we've done for Christ. But on the other hand, we all get the same reward, right? Because we all get eternal life with God forever. And let's face it, once you've got eternal life with God, all those other rewards, they really don't matter, do they? That's the big one. Eternal life with God, forgiveness forever. And so Jesus ends this parable the same way he began it. He says, so the last will be first. And the first will be last. You see, God's kingdom works differently than what we are used to here on earth. 
and those who trust in their works will be disappointed. Those who trust in Jesus will be saved. How do the last become first? By grace. By God's grace alone. Peter asked Jesus, what do we get? Jesus said, Peter, don't worry about what you will get. Why not? Because God is perfectly just. He is wonderfully merciful. He is incredibly gracious. Perfect justice, wonderful mercy, amazing grace. That's who God is. Once again, think good thoughts about God. You know, some of us have sinned a little. Some of us have sinned a lot. Some of us come to Jesus early in life. Some come to Jesus much later in life. Some of us serve God in many ways. Some of us serve God in just a few ways. But everyone, everyone who puts their faith in Jesus receives eternal life. You are never too old to come to Christ. You are never too sinful to come to Christ. The invitation is come to Christ now, even in the 11th hour, and he will gladly welcome you into his kingdom. Our God is a good and gracious and generous God. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Well, dear Lord, we thank you so much for this parable, and we praise you for who you are, your grace, your mercy, your justice, all of the beautiful things of who you are and how all of your attributes work together in perfect and beautiful ways for our good and for your glory. Lord, thank you for saving us in Jesus. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.